Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here. I am your host, Dave Hopkins, and I've got a fun episode for you today. My guest today is Alicia Cologne. She is a paper illustrator and photographer at Thrice Studio. Paper illustrator, what a cool title to have. During this episode, we talk about how she came from an immigrant family, and back in the day, she was actually working in her dad's vinyl shop, cleaning up pixel images and applying vinyls. We also talk about after design school, how she niched out to the nonprofit area. Giving back in the nonprofit sector has always been close to her heart, and she's always felt a strong pull to go in that direction. So she niched down to that, landed a job, and did some really powerful, great work. We dissect and talk about what is paper illustration and how the heck did she get into that because it's a pretty unique field. We talk about the struggles and challenges of paper engineering, struggles with imposter syndrome, and um, you know, changing your self-talk. You know, we're always beating ourselves up. And Alicia is in a great system right now where she can really catch it and talk to herself and turn it around. She gives us some tips and advice on how to do that. We also talk about the very first opportunity that she had to build paper props for a photo shoot that they were doing, how that opportunity came about, and what it means to her now. And I love her answer for the one, you know, tool or community that you just couldn't live without. I love her answer. Really unique and fantastic. And we also get into her purpose, the purpose of her studio, and it's incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, a super positive, exciting interview for you today. My guest from Thrice Studio in Savannah, Georgia, Alicia Cologne. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Well, good morning, Alicia. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you very much. Awesome. Um, Are you ready for a quickie? Absolutely. Let's get started. All right. Well, let's start with the hardest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Okay. I am a mom and a wife for over 15 years, and I have three kids. Uh, And this is the, we're on the odd numbers. So we are seven, nine, and 11 years old. Uh, Also, on top of that, I'm a paper illustrator and photographer, and I own an agency called Thrice Studio. Very well done. So the three kids... The seven, mm-hmm. nine, and eleven is exactly yeah. what I have. Oh man! Same ages and everything. <laughs> uh, so, but what, what's the split? We have two girls and a boy. That's who Which we have. Boy? The two oldest are girls, and the youngest is a boy. Same. Is it really? Same. That's so wild. <laughs> there you go. So we're living the same amount of chaos. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Awesome. So, Thrice Studio. How long has that been going for? Uh, so we have hit our first year in business, Good for you. which yeah. So we know that the first year is the, the hardest, but the good news is that I, I 
had a good foundation at Focus Lab. I worked there first for six years. Mm -hmm. uh, and towards the end of that, I was able to kind of do both simultaneously um, to kind of get you know, the name out. And so then when I branched off, it wasn't like I was jumping into a void. Like I did mm -hmm. build a little bit up before I left. So awesome. And how long were you at Focus Lab for? Six years. Six years. Okay. So you cut your teeth in there and you're getting, you know, ready for that side hustle, leaving and getting out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. The side hustle definitely did not, uh, close the gap at all. You know what I mean? So there was definitely a huge pay, huge pay cut, 100%. obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. It actually was almost a hundred percent, I would say. <laughs> um, but yeah. Where you went from making money to not making money. <laughs> to not making, to actually paying clients for me to work for them. Actually, so. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that's man. the switch. But that's the first year you got to get your feet under you and get running. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I want to hear the backstory on how this all happened. So I'm going to start back at your childhood. Well, you're going to start back at your childhood. <laughs> Dave, what do you know? That, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I just want to know, do you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it that way? What pointed you in this career direction? Ah, okay. So I think that I had a creative childhood, but I also on top of that had a childhood that was laced with hard work. Mm -hmm. So my father came over, he was an immigrant. He came over when he was 25 from mm -hmm. Poland. Um, and so he had, he worked his butt off in order to support us. Um, and so one of the things, one of the side hustles that he had was a vinyl sign shop. And so I remember being in middle school cleaning up logos because back in the day it was Corel Draw. Nice. And uh, so I would, and, and there was, there was no vector, you know, no busy air curves. It was very much like zoom in and like get rid of the dot, you know, pixels in mm -hmm. order to make that smooth, like and enter the C, you know, the counter of the C or the S or whatever. And, uh, so that's what I did. I, I cleaned up logos and I applied vinyls on magnetic signs and on windows and on cars and trucks. And like, I mean, that's, that's where I really cut my teeth in the very early age. But it, yes, it was creative, but I saw it more as work. And mm -hmm. I wanted to do creative stuff. I really did. Um, and we actually had a very close family friend who was an artist as well. And I asked, I said, Mom, can I take art lessons from her? And they always said no. Um, <laughs> always said no. I ended up not taking any art whatsoever in school. And then finally, when I went to, off to college, I was like, you know what? I think I really want to do this graphic design. And, uh, and where I was at locally, we had a, we, so I live in Savannah and we have uh, SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design, which mm -hmm. is a huge art school. So I could either go there and pay, you know, over a hundred thousand dollars for a degree, or I could go to one of the, you know, local community colleges, uh, or up to Atlanta to one of those universities, which is what I ended up doing. And, uh, it took me a year to convince them that graphic design was going to be a feasible career. That's such like a common thing um, with immigrant families, you know, that, that work hard and the, you know, the stereotypical good jobs go to doctor or lawyer or insurance or like something, you know, that's more or less guaranteed, but just comes with a lot more schooling. It's so common that the creative direction is, is a harder sell. Yeah. And it, it, it was so funny because it was like, well, you, you had a vinyl sign shop, dad. <laughs> like, <laughs> like this is not much of a departure off of what, what you've done, but that wasn't his, his full-time gig, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm thankful that they've never pushed us really into a 
more academic direction because mm-hmm. neither of my parents are academics, but they definitely wanted us to create a, you know, have a job that they thought that could support us. Yeah. So. That's that sort of best life for my kids mentality, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. Really guiding them that way. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. Um, so about what age were you in that vinyl sign shop, editing those files, cleaning them up and applying vinyl? That was definitely, that was like middle school. So I mean, like 11, 12, 13 years old. Perfect. That's, that's when I was like slinging all of that. Yeah. Getting at it. No pay. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very cheap labor, but a lot of mistakes. Excellent. Um, okay, so blade this all out. So you went up to Atlanta and went to a, a, fi- a fine arts school, a design college. What was it so, up there? Yeah, it was actually it was a public university, mm-hmm. um, and they had a you know fine arts department, and I ended up getting a BFA in graphic design. And the university was Georgia State University. Got it. Oh. So graduated, and then easy finding your first job, or was that uh, an it adventure? Was- no, it was actually very easy. So, um, so for me, the reason why it was easy is because I went into a niche. Uh, so not a lot of people, when they go out of, uh, you know, design school, it's like, okay, I'm going to go into a nonprofit. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's actually exactly what I want to do. I want to go into a nonprofit organization and I want, I want to design for good. Right. Like yeah. that's kind of been my heart. Um, and so I actually had a job before I graduated. Nice. And so the the senior project at that point was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm gonna get a job. I don't really care about your grade yeah, exactly. Um, so it was really easy. So you saw sort of a need that uh, wanting to design for good and not for profits, you know, aren't really throwing out big dollars to fancy designers. Um, so you saw a need there. I like that. Yeah, I did. And I mean, and it's one of those where you work for a nonprofit, you understand that you're not going to get to pay a lot of money because it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it, a lot of it is you would rather them spend that money on whatever efforts they're doing, whatever Definitely. services that they're providing to their, um, I don't know, patients or, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, I mean, it was hard. It was hard. You know, I think our, our salary was like $30,000 a year. I mean, it was hard, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that's what that's what we did. Yeah, and it, it felt good for you. So that's that's the other yeah. part of it too, right? You get that payoff. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. So in this journey to where you are now, I want to go right back to where you first noticed design out in the world. Was was that in that vinyl shop of your dad's, or where did that happen for you? So I think. I'm one of those naive kids that didn't really understand what graphic design was, but was like, this is what I want to, cause it's, it seems to be commercial art and I can do, be creative and make money out of it. So mm. I want to do this. And so really besides the vinyl shop, I never even considered like color palettes or branding or website design or any of that until I was in college, until I was in those graphic design classes. And then, and then from there teaching me like, Oh, this is what graphic design is. This is what I'm graduating in. Um, and at this juncture, however, so Georgia state was my second college and graphic design was my third degree that Mm -hmm. I bounced around to. And at that juncture, I realized, you know what? I appreciate graphic design, but I don't necessarily like doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and so by the time I graduated, I actually didn't, <laughs> I actually didn't like it at all, but you know, two schools and three degrees later, I'm like, mm, kind of need to, you know, buckle <laughs> down and pick something, yeah. move forward with it. 
So yeah, that's what I did. Got it. Okay. Got it all laid out here. Um, before I move on to the next question, I want to hear your definition. Um, because you're a paper illustrator. Yes. And I want to hear your definition of what that is. So uh, I'm an illustrator and I just make things out of paper. It's that simple. It's, it really <laughs> is. So uh, a lot of times, so there's a lot of people who would call themselves uh, paper crafters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they'll do is that they'll do representational one-for-one things. So for instance, they're like, I would like to make a chess set out of paper. I want to make a converse out of paper. And that's, that's really awesome. Uh, and there's definitely a lot of skill there and it can be beautiful art, but uh, when illustration comes or when it marries or it kind of rubs up against design, there's mm-hmm. strategy there because that's the difference between art and design, right? Is the strategy. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I look at paper going like, okay, these are just merely props um, and it's a style of illustration, but people come to me for the strategic undertone of like, what are we going to communicate and how are we going to communicate it? And how is it going to be within pictures that match? No idea. What Siri mine. is listening all the yeah. time. Uh, it's so weird. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so how is, how am I going to communicate it within brands, within the, the space that it's going to live in and all of that stuff. So I, I consider all of those elements. So what I do really marries that graphic design stuff that I loved and I appreciated, but I didn't really want to do. Mm-hmm. And now this whole paper thing, uh, it, it marries it so beautifully. Very well said. So I want to ask then what, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Um, it could be something you have just seen and really influenced you to go in this Maybe it's the paper illustrator direction, or maybe it has been something that you've been a part of. Yeah, there is this one particular, um, I don't even know. So he does paper. His name is Kyle Bean. He is a UK artist and he works with like times and just a a number of people. And and generally speaking, it's editorial, Mm -hmm. uh, but he does do some marketing campaigns as well. And what he does is that he manipulates props or he makes props for photos in order to communicate something. Mm -hmm. And so it was the first time where I saw that like, Oh, this paper is not just a, you know, representational flamingo, which granted that's really beautiful, but like, but it's covered in black, you know, like because they're communicating the oil spill in wildlife. Like I I loved that. Like, it's marrying things, you know? Um, and so he was the first one that I saw that did it. And then after that, it kind of opened up my eyes going like, wow, like what can I do here? How can, mm-hmm. how can this be, how can this be, you know, used? So I need to find that picture of that paper flamingo. Yeah. It's a, just his work in general. I don't necessarily know if he's the one who did the black paper flamingo. Cause at this point, like I've like seen all of his stuff yeah. or a lot of his stuff and a lot of other, um, corresponding artists as well. But yeah. Yeah. It just sounds like such a powerful image that I really want to take a look at that. All of his, all of his work is very much like that. Like there's this one whole series. It's, it's, uh, you, you see it and there's a sense of like, uh, and it, for instance, it's like that catching that moment of something about to pop or something about to break or, you know, whatnot. And it's just done in such a beautifully stylistic way, mm-hmm. um, that it, it just brings up a visceral reaction. It's like just so cool. 
Okay, so that's a great one that I definitely want to look into and learn more about. Um, but I want to ask if there's any other designers or illustrators or brands that you look up to or closely follow, and what about them do you like? Let's see. Uh, you know what? I would have to say, dude, I don't think I follow anybody that closely anymore. <laughs> to be honest, I think I'm going to be that one that one person that's like, I am so busy trying to keep my head above water Mm -hmm. that I have not paid attention to anybody, Mm -hmm. generally speaking. Um, If anything, there has been a shift in what I've paid attention to. So not particular people or brand or designers or anything like that. But one of the things is in my paper illustration, I've realized that like sometimes I'm too literal. Mm -hmm. And so I, I have filled up my Instagram feed uh, with nothing but illustrators mm-hmm. so I can see how they how they kind of conceptualize things and 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 so at that juncture that's what I'm doing more so no that makes I sense really, that's what I said so the one person I would say that I probably follow a little bit closely than anybody else is Josh Lewis and he's a children's book illustrator and he mm-hmm. just he does such a good job of like minimalizing uh story attributes and but at the same time exaggerating others in like the perfect place so anyway yeah awesome there we go we got a couple of name drops <laughs> um i want to ask you a little bit about print and packaging um or anything uh around print in your career because i imagine a lot of your work is then photographed yes. and then used for editorial or advertising purposes would that be safe to say Actually, most of my work is technology, like like fintech or you know, virtual reality spaces or whatnot. And so I have done some editorial pieces. Mm-hmm. So that's super fun to to think about that. Um, so what is so it like yeah. seeing your work in in print? There's there's nothing like it. Like just to be able to <laughs> tangibly feel it, and it's so it's so weird too to be like this is paper on paper, like this is paper <laughs> illustrated and printed on paper. Yeah, yeah, it's so fun. But it just sort of, it, I guess, it levels up. Um, what's the right word here? Not the authority of it, but the legitimacy of the work yeah. you're doing. Right. And anytime you print anything, it, it obviously makes it feel a little bit more higher quality it seems more substantial you know mm-hmm. this has more weight and therefore it has more substance to it and so that's one of the things that I really like to do for my clients is that I take one of their images that I for like Christmas so uh-huh. hopefully they're not listening um but what I'll do is I'll take one of their images and I like to blow it up you know um in a very nice print mm-hmm. and then send that to them because a lot of times they they have these awesome images and they just put them on the website and it's like, guys, like this is art. Besides it having a strategic purpose, there is definitely art here. And so one of the fun things, I just had a project wrap up for a large company and they were moving into new offices Mm -hmm. and they wanted their conference walls to have paper art that matched the work that I just did for their their website. So that was the cool. first time that I've ever had to help with creating murals mm-hmm. of a uh, paper paper it's leaves. Printed art. <laughs> printed art. Yeah. It was really cool. I like that. All right. So the next couple of questions I have for you, Alicia, take you down part of your career where you like okay. made some mistakes, learned some lessons, and I want to pull those terrible horror stories out of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no problem. Um, 
So what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was Mm. it challenging and how did you get through it? Oh, gosh, there's a lot of challenging times. But I would say that the most challenging time that I had was when it was early on in my paper career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so up until this point, I knew that like at, at, at a very sub level, I'm like, you know what, I'm, I'm pretty decent at, at these things. Those things are for those exceptional creative people. Like I could, I could never do those things. And so there is this time where it's like I really wanted to do those things. I wanted to figure out how to be a paper illustrator mm-hmm. because I, lo- I love doing it. But what I quickly ran up to was that there's a lot of math, right? Because it's mm-hmm. paper engineering specifically. And so trying to figure out like how to make certain things was just really difficult. And and. During that time, I realized, you know, I have this ongoing negative self-talk that was happening. Uh-huh. I, I was thinking, oh, I'm not, um, I'm not good enough. I'm too old to change careers. I'll never figure this out. Um, and then what ended up happening is it's one of those things where I feel like sometimes there's a message that you just really need to hear and you end up hearing that message over and over in different places. Mm -hmm. Right. And the message that I needed to hear was that you could change your self talk, that it is possible to change your self talk. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was from a book, one book called grit by, uh, Angela Duckworth. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's another book called mindset, the new psychology of success by her contemporary, uh, Dr. DeWick, Carol Mm -hmm. DeWick. And then lastly, there's one that's like switch on your brain. Um, and that one is by Dr. Caroline Leaf. The first two, they were behavioral therapists, like therapists, um, I wouldn't even say therapists, like researchers, science, right? Mm-hmm. So they're really big into like trying to figure out like why you do what you do. Look at the neurological aspect and the science of it. And- yeah, yeah, but more of a behavioral research, mm. you know what I mean? Kind of like if you put a person in the situation, what, what will they do? Where Dr. Caroline Leaf, she's the neurological person where she's actually going to look at the anatomical parts of your brain and figure out like what's happening there. Um, and so anyway, all three of these pretty much said in very different ways, uh, you can change this part of you mm-hmm. 100%. We thought that it was concrete at one point in time, but it's not. And uh, they had various different ways to go about it. But one of the things that I learned or that I decided that I saw and that I tried is called personal declarations. And it's where I just tell myself positive things about myself, you know, and uh, it can be rooted in anything. Mine is particularly rooted in my faith system. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I can just say those things to myself over and over again. And, uh, and so it's a foundation that I can stand on. Uh, and so as I go through the day or particularly a project, cause that's normally where it would rear its ugly head, mm-hmm. I would have something to combat it. And then I would say after uh, three to six months, I like, it was almost healed, mm-hmm. healed quote unquote, cause it will still come back. Right. For sure. Um, after a year, I noticed that generally speaking, my brain, my brain won't go negative. It'll actually go positive. And nice. now it's very rarely that I have to even, I even have to do, I don't, so I have a different set of personal declarations now for the business because now very it's cool. not a, like, I can't do the paper things. Like, no, like, I'll figure it out. Like, I know yeah. that about myself now. I've, I've proven that to myself, but now it's like, okay, as a business owner, can I do this? Can I actually have employees? Can I, can I support them and encourage them? Uh, can I, you know, can I do all of this stuff that I want to and still not sink my business? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Personal declarations. I like that. I haven't heard of that before. 
Oh, it's amazing. Life changer. Okay. I've got uh, a couple more tough ones and then we'll turn this bus around for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Oh, man. That's, that's hard. Um, so here's the thing. Oh, oh man. Okay. So early on in my photography career, all Mm -hmm. right. So I was graphic designer, then became photographer Mm -hmm. and then, you know, ended up meshing all of these things together. Mm -hmm. So, but in the interim, when I was a photographer, I remember I had one client, um, and she was not happy at all. I've never had this Still to this day, I've only had one really unhappy client who was just like, I can't believe this. And what ended up happening was that um, she wanted, she had these grandiose ideas and the way that she explained those scenarios was was not very keen. It it didn't play out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was scrambling. And then what ended up happening was I gave her I over, I over gave her, I over delivered. So I was really insecure in the shoot. So then I gave her way more images than I should have to review. But when you do that as a photographer, you, there's only minute differences that you as a photographer see, but the client does not. Mm -hmm. And then, so what, then what she thinks is that like, oh my goodness, you only shot like, like only the same poses over and over again. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, that's actually not the case. Um, so I've learned that insecurity breeds over delivering. Um, and I, and so then at that point it's like, okay, I need to put a mechanism in place in order to protect myself from that. So, I mean, I see as having a growth mindset, like trying to develop that generally speaking, always, um, I see failure now as an opportunity to learn. And the only, the only mistake is not learning from the mistake. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah, I'm. I personally, like, I'm. I'm dying to fail at something almost every day because yeah. it just makes you that much more resilient. It teaches you things. You're learning things. You're challenging yourself, yeah. which you know may seem like little small things each day, but yeah. over this over the span of a month, over the span of a year, like you've grown a lot. Yeah, from yeah. all of your little mistakes. Exactly. It's amazing, <laughs> actually. I like it. Okay, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Oh, man. Uh, so the biggest one is, uh, so I have an employee, my first full-time employee. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing that I'm struggling with that is trying to coach and encourage um, and understanding that there are, like, so like oftentimes she'll come up to me and she'll be like, so what do you think about this color palette? And I'm like, okay, I'm the creative director. I get that. But at the same time, like, is this my preference? Or if I'm going to give her a direction, is this my preference or is this really the only way it will work? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, if it's just my preference and I kind of need to step back. Yep. Right. And so it's really hard having, you know, been this solo person. You know, like I feel like I've been this because even when I worked at Focus Lab, I was the only photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I worked at the nonprofit, I was the only designer. Um, so like I've always generally been the solo person. So, but now having a person come alongside of me and I'm helping lead, I have to be like, okay, I'm going to step back and we'll figure out how to do this. So anyway, it's just, it's been fun. Yeah. Just it's been fun. learning, I guess, what, um, 
what a good leader is. Yeah. And I've read an amazing amount of books on it. It's kind of ridiculous, (laughs) Um, but all the books in the world does not, yeah, experience over books for sure. But the books will help me figure out the experience. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Totally. Okay, Alicia, I'm turning this bus around. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. I want to hear about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that just makes your heart sing, or maybe it was you know, the biggest you know, project feather in your cap. So uh, I was part of Super Team Deluxe whenever they, um, they are a lapel pin company. Mm-hmm. And when they first started out, they were like, hey, Alicia, we need some product photography. Would you like to be part of that? Um, I was so smashed that they would like trust me in that. And this was at the very cusp of love, you know, learning about Kyle's work, seeing like, Oh man, I could create props for these different things. Uh, Justin and Raji and drew were just so supportive and so sweet and very thoughtful with their criticisms and feedback. And mm-hmm. so it really a bolstered me from a like encouragement level, but then also guided and directed me of like, you know, how to communicate things strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm generally more serious. I, I know it doesn't seem like that at all with any of my art, but like I'm generally a more serious person. And so to kind of work with a, with a brand that's just cheeky. Yeah. It was, it's so outside of my bubble. And so <laughs> um, I think as a designer, that's also like really important, right? To kind of get outside of your, that, that's the difference between a designer and artist, right? Art is like you, you have your style and you work with it. Designer, you have to be very flexible. Uh, you have to be able to to flex and bend. So, so was that your first opportunity to not only build props for something, but to photograph them as well? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, and it was those images that I actually was able to take to then my boss and uh, say, "Hey, we had they uh, Focus Lab had this like side business called Sidecar, uh, creating digital assets for graphic designers." And I was like, hey, we have a blog here. Why don't we create a a blog visual style that's mm-hmm. built around nothing but paper? Um, and he saw the images that I did for Super Team. And at that point, they were like, yeah, let's go do it. And so just the, yeah, just that particular project set me forth on this trajectory that I honestly don't know if I would be here if it wasn't for that project. Very cool. I love that. Yeah, it's so cool. Uh, Alicia, I want to ask a question about some of the sort of tools and communities that you get your support from and spend some time in. So the full question, what is one design product tool, website, or a community that you just couldn't live without? Oh my goodness. Can I say conferences? (laughs) Yes, you can. Yeah. You just got to tell me a story about it. (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. Well, so creative South was, was my first conference experience within the design industry. Cause before that I used to go to leadership conferences, right? Mm -hmm. Again, Mm -hmm. totally steeped in leadership stuff, whether or not I do it is a completely different question. Um, but anyway, so creative South was the first one and it was there that I met, um, like Justin and I don't think Raji was there that year, but I met all of these people and I was so new to the design community that I didn't know who any of them them are. So Mm -hmm. some people get starstruck. I'm just like, I I don't know who anybody is. So it's cool. (laughs) Um, And I ended up developing a a community that spoke life into me because when I went into 
Creative South, I was a project manager. I was a digital project manager for Focus Lab. Uh, this was before I became their commercial photographer. And uh, I wanted to be a commercial photographer with my whole being, but I didn't think I could do it. Uh-huh. And then all, all the people that was at the Creative South, they they knew my work, but as a photographer and not as a project manager. Uh-huh. And so to to be around people who helped me kind of reaffirm what I identified with, you know, like that, that meant the world to me and kind of gave me this like, okay, you see it too. <laughs> like you think I could do it too. Okay. Um, so to reassure so, you of, of the, of your value. Yeah. That you felt yeah. you could bring back. And I have not met anybody. The people that I'm closest to I've met at conferences. Got it. Just absolutely over and over again. So it's, I am. Um, so that's, I just make sure that I go to at least two or three, if not more. My, my husband probably finally put a limit to it. <laughs> <laughs> and they can add up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, they can, they can. So anyway, so I have a limit now. But, I mean, it's amazing. Well said. I like that. Conferences. The first time yeah. I think anyone's ever answered that. So there you go. Oh, man. Life changing. So, Alicia, you've made it to the part of the show for the Ask It Forward question. I have a question for you from my previous guest, and you have okay. the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm oh, not going to tell you who they are, but you can oh, ask man. them anything. So while you're thinking of that, my last guest was Dan Jensen. He is the creative director at Lincoln Design Co. Okay. And he wanted to ask, if you could set up a studio anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Anywhere in the world, and why? It could be a solo shop, a big operation, whatever it is. Yeah, you know what? Actually, okay. So, I would actually, I would probably do it exactly where I'm doing it now. Um, so, Thrive Studio exists to empower our teammates to become better versions of themselves through creative works. Mm-hmm. Where Thrive Studio does not exist whatsoever to create dope work for dope clients. So that's what we do. I mean, mm-hmm. our clients are, you know, I love them a lot. Um, but we, what we want to do is that we want to take people uh, that were stuck in a scene that was perhaps unhealthy for them. So mm-hmm. whether it was the bar scene or the drug scene or the sex scene or human trafficking, we want to tr- we want to um, we want to train them from the ground up in order to be in, in the creative industry. That's what we want to do. Uh, where I live, we have a huge um, opioid 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 opioid. opioid yeah. Yeah, that we have a huge epidemic of that. Uh, we live, we're very rural, but mm-hmm. we have very close to Savannah. Um, and about 60% of the people that, that work in or live in Evingham, the specific County, uh, are, they get, the kids get reduced lunch. I mean, it's like, we are very kind of low poverty. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and not low, we have high poverty. So for me to create a, studio in a place that it doesn't it's not it doesn't look cool there's nothing around us that's inspiring Mm -hmm. but but it's a place that is transforming lives that's awesome that's important and so i want to do that in my backyard and that is the purpose that is the purpose that is our purpose that's my mission that's just why we exist beautiful thanks alicia what is your ask it forward question for my next guest Ask it forward. 
Okay. If they, oh gosh, I feel like you've had over a hundred episodes. So I feel like, have you always done this question? No, it's about 50 episodes in I started, I think. Oh my goodness. So there's only 50 other questions out there. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to know if it wasn't design, what else would they do? Yep. I like it. Alicia, you've made it to the end of the quickie podcast. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's been so, so fun. Oh, I'm so glad you can make it on. And thank you so much for being my guest today. I've really appreciated your time. Likewise. Thank you, Dave. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time. If you haven't yet, please take a minute to head over to iTunes and leave a rating and a review for the show. I read them all and I really appreciate seeing them there. Appreciate the effort and time that it takes to put that together. Thank you again for listening and uh, I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.